0: Hello and welcome to the Maryland Democratic Party's podcast. It's a wonderful Thursday afternoon in our state. I'm on this podcast with two of the best Marylanders around. I'm Brandon Stoneberg, your state party comms director and podcast host here today for the second episode of season two. Uh, We just had Congressman Raskin on last week and we really set the bar high with with these first two guests this season. Today's guest is someone my co-host and I have really been looking forward to having on this show for a while now and we're very excited for this one. But first, allow me to introduce the best darn co-host in Maryland, the best party chair in the nation, the best opera singer, best mentor around, our fearless leader, Yvette Lewis. Yvette, how are you feeling?
1: I am beyond excited, and you know why. Um, Steny Hoyer is not only my congressman, but he is one of my favorite people. He's my friend. And I have been looking forward to this because I just enjoy his friendship so much. And he is someone that truly embodies remembering why we sent him to Congress, remembering who we are and always being there for us. So that is not something that I say as a friend. That is something that I say as an observer. Um, so let's like I say, let's get this party started. I'm ready to talk to him.
0: Sounds good. Today, we welcome someone who is in a rare upper echelon of Marylanders and would be on our state's Mount Rushmore political leaders, in my opinion. And I think a lot of people share that opinion with me. His extensive influence, inspiration on multiple generations of Marylanders in public service, simply unmatched. Longtime friend of the party and of my co-host, as she just mentioned, and someone who I was a digital fellow for as I started my career in politics just a few years ago. Congressman Steny Hoyer, it's an honor to have you on here. Welcome and happy early birthday. Well, Brandon,
2: thank you for all of that. Uh, What kind comments they were. Perhaps a little overblown, but nevertheless (laughs) appreciated at least by me. Uh, So thank you very much for that. I'm glad to be with you. And of course, uh, you know, it sounds like a mutual admiration society, but uh, uh, you know, I, I love our party chair. I think she has done an, uh, such an extraordinary job of making Maryland's party uh, one of, if not the best party in the nation, as you pointed out, uh, and a party that uh, she brought together, uh, that she uh, made sure was financed uh, properly so that we could do the job that uh, we need to do in informing the American people of what the options are in these elections and uh, who the candidates are. And Yvette, uh, we all owe you a debt of gratitude. Our state owes you a debt of gratitude. I know Governor Moore is very proud of your efforts, and uh, as am I, and as is the entire congressional delegation and the, and the uh, speaker and the president of the Senate in the state of Maryland and uh, all of us. So thank you very much.
1: Thank
0: you. Now before we really get started I want to ask you guys you Prince Jordians uh how long how long how far back do you guys go when was the first time you uh, you guys met
2: Well I'm not sure the first time we met but let me yield to Evette because we go back uh, a a long time perhaps more time than she's going to admit but I've known Evette Lewis and been a fan of Evette Lewis for a very very long time but let me yield to you Evette Evette you put it in, in time context
1: Ken, well, first of all, to be honest with you, I can't remember a time when I didn't know Sidney Hoyer. I mean, that's how long <laughs> we've known each other. Um, seriously, um, as, a, as a, a young person starting out, um, I, I tell the story of him being responsible for my for my opera career because I went to see him uh, about a job at the Kennedy Center. I wanted to work at the Kennedy Center because I thought if I was in that environment, it would be easy for me to get heard and be seen. And um I didn't even expect anything to come from the meeting. First of all, I didn't think he would take the meeting. I thought a staffer would take the meeting. He took the meeting. And then two weeks later, I get this beautiful letter that he had written to the chair of the Kennedy Center on my behalf. And then lo and behold, I get a job there. And I one day decided to go over to Washington Opera to do an audition. And while I was over there singing, just like in the the, the movies where somebody's discovered in a drugstore, while I was over there singing, uh, Martin Feinstein, the general director of the opera, came in and heard Sing and wondered why I wasn't singing with him, and the rest is history. But it all started with that meeting with uh, Steny Hoyer. Um, and but as I say all the time, I'm not unique. There are so many of me around the state that he has touched, that he has helped. And if you don't believe me, walk through a University of Maryland basketball game with him and see how many times he stopped with people thanking him or walk through the Capitol with him and see how many times he stopped with people thanking him. So, well, I appreciate it. I know that I am not unique, but that's why we love him so much.
0: Congressman, I'm going to start with a question that we like to ask our guests. Now, you've you've had an incredible, incredible resume, but if you could go back to. 1962, 63, I believe, uh, when you were first, you know, your first day as a 22, 23-year-old intern for for Senator Brewster, JFK is the president, you're walking into Capitol Hill for the first time, if you could go back and tell that young Steny that he'd go on to be Maryland's, uh, you know, youngest Senate president and a House majority leader, what would his reaction be?
2: Uh, I'd be awestruck, I'd be ex- <laughs> incredibly excited uh, I've, I've, I've lived a dream, in, in effect. Obviously, we've all had downsides to our lives, but, boy, I've, I've, I've had a lot of upsides. And one of the upsides is uh, the people of Prince George's County, the people of Maryland, and, and frankly, nationally, I've had such great opportunities and such uh, great successes uh, that uh, I've, I've, I've had a blessed life. the tragedy in my life was I lost uh, my wife uh, at a very early age. She was 57, died 26 years ago. But um, boy, I've had a lot of great things happen to me and a a lot of great people who have helped me uh, and who have uh, uh, taught me and mentored me in in many ways. And uh, so I'm I'm very blessed. Uh, I've had a, a really great life. And I'm I'm going to get married in just a few days to a wonderful, wonderful woman. I've been single for 26 years. I'm going to get married to a wonderful woman. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to a, uh, the next stage of my life at 83. <laughs> <So you laughs> up. We,
1: would, we were going to wait to see if you were going to say, I figured you would say something about this. I We didn't think this day was going to pass without acknowledging this wonderful time in your life. I know, I know Elaine, and like you, I love her very much as well. Um, but just talk about that a bit, because that is that is a big change for you. You just mentioned twenty six years, and that coupled with other changes that are happening, especially in terms of you know your role in in Congress. Talk about the 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 the, 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 the emergence of the new Steny, if I as I like to talk about it, um, and what this has done for you.
2: Well <laughs> well, I don't know about the new Stenny. I think I'm the I hope I'm the the same Stenny uh very consistently through my life. Uh and and I, I don't want to delude people as you know uh that, I, I had some relationships during that 26 uh, year period that were very good relationships, but uh, I had the opportunity of knowing Elaine for a long time and uh, she came back into my life uh, really two and a half years ago or so. Uh and uh uh, it, it makes a difference. And the fact that I'm leaving as majority leader, you know, I voluntarily stepped down as majority leader. It was time. And the good news, we had some extraordinary leaders to take the place of Nancy Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi, myself, uh, and Jim Clyburn. Although Jim Clyburn is still in the leadership, I'm still in the leadership to the extent I chair a committee that uh, that is focused on the implementation and the uh, informing of the American people, what we did in the last Congress, which was extraordinary, one of the most productive Congresses in which I've served. But as I stepped down as majority leader, um, I, I also decided that I was uh, gonna forge a new relationship uh, with a, as you know, a wonderful, wonderful woman who uh, uh, you know, has taken a similar path as, as you and I have, Yvette, in terms of political involvement and focus, so uh, I'm, it's going to be it. It is, and it's going to be in the in the future a a wonderful transition uh, from one good thing to another very good thing. So that's great.
1: You know, you mentioned the new leadership um, in 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 Congress. Mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, you know, there's that's always the rap, You know, we don't do anything to bring young leaders along. We don't do anything to pass the torch. But you're doing that so beautifully and so gracefully. Talk about that aspect of you know bringing this new team of lead, this new team on board, and what you're seeing, and why we are all so excited about what's happening with the house right now.
2: Well, you know, Nancy and I and Jim Clyburn were a team for three, for excuse me, for twenty years. Uh, the three of us, uh, which I think is probably longer than any other team, perhaps in history. Uh, we worked together well. Uh, we represented the broad spectrum of, of the, the caucus and of the American uh, electorate. Uh, and I think that we had a 20 years of success, both in the majority and in the minority. Uh, and uh, so we we're very proud of that. Uh, I think all three of us are proud of that. And there came a time uh, when new leaders uh, started to develop uh, through the years. But over the last two or three years, we've had three people in particular uh, who defined themselves uh, as people in whom the caucus had a great deal of uh, trust, admiration, and uh, comfort with them being leaders. One of them, as you know, an extraordinary leader, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, probably the best speaker I perhaps have ever heard in terms of his ability to marshal facts, uh, make comparisons, and grow, draw conclusions. I mean, he is he is a real talent. He has a gift from God. You just can't, you can't learn that. You can't, you can't practice it. You just have it. And he has it. Uh, and uh, he is a, uh, you know, grew up in, 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 uh, in Brooklyn, uh, grew up in New York politics, that's tough politics, so he understands politics, but he also uh, clearly for a long period of time has been a leader on very substantive issues. And so he had the skills and I'm sure that uh, Nancy, like me, looked at King Jeffrey and said, he will be a terrific leader. And it was his time and it was our time to step down uh, and to make that transition, you know, the Republicans, you know, they had this big fight and fift- 15 ballots the first time in 100 years. Um, but we didn't have any of that. Uh, and then, uh, you know, came, of course, an African American. Uh, and then, uh, like you, we have a woman leader as majority leader in Catherine Clark from Massachusetts. Again, someone who the caucus saw and we, uh, Nancy, myself, and and uh, Clyburn saw as a person uh, of real talent, real commitment, and who had the faith and trust of the of the caucus. And so we have them as leaders. And, and then an extraordinary good friend of mine and a, and a great leader, Pete Aguilar, former mayor of Redlands, California. So we've got you know a broad base of representation. As as Nancy. And I and Jim Cliburn represented a broad spectrum of the country sharing their experiences. Uh, and that's important. And of course, that was not true in the leadership on the other side. Uh, but we've continued that. And I think it's very very good that we continued. I think that's one of the reasons why all of us felt comfortable in saying, OK, uh, here's, here's the baton. It's yours now.
0: Speaking of baton, Congressman, we we have a new governor, new comptroller, new AG, LG. We'll have a chance a change in our congressional delegation next year after our friend Senator Cardin announced he won't be running for reelection. What have your first impressions been of this next wave of Maryland legislators coming up? Moore, Miller, also Brooks, Ferguson, Learman. Uh, well, before I get to that,
2: let me let me say something about my friend Ben. Sure, you know that was his campaign slogan, but. Uh, uh, more than that, for 60 years, it's been my uh, pleasure and, and uh, blessing to be the friend of Ben Cardin. Ben Cardin is uh, arguably one of my best friends. Yvette's one of my best friends. So I've been blessed. Uh, and Ben and I have served together in the state legislature, served together in the Congress of the United States, and served together with he in the Senate and me in the, in, in the House. Uh, both as leaders, Uh, and the loss of Ben Cardin uh, is a big loss uh, for our state uh, and for the country. Uh, Ben has been a a major, major leader in the Congress of the United States and in our country on behalf of human rights, uh, on behalf of uh, uh, sound financial policy, uh, and on behalf of our local uh, interests. Uh, who's been fighting with me as uh, side by side to make sure the FBI is cited in uh, uh, in Prince George's County? So uh, that's a big loss for us, but it was also a indication of his integrity uh, and his sense of duty. Uh, because uh, and I had long talks with Ben. I urged him to stay. I wanted him to stay. I, I, I didn't want him to leave. Uh, but Ben felt that uh, running for the United States Senate being reelected is a six-year commitment. And if he ran, he was going to meet that commitment. And I think he uh, he and his wonderful, wonderful wife, Myrna, uh, decided that that was not a, a commitment that they necessarily could keep. And so now is the time to step down. Uh, you mentioned Moore. Of course, I'm Westmore, and I have become dear friends. But I really didn't know Westmore very, very well before he ran. I knew of him and I'd met him, but didn't really know him before he ran for governor. And uh, I had, I had intended not to get involved in the governor's race. We had a lot of good people uh, running, uh, people who had been involved in many ways in many as- aspects of our state government, who I thought would would all be uh, good governors. But as the campaign went on in the in the latter part of uh, 21 and the early part of uh, uh, 22, um, I saw in Westmore a visionary. I saw in Westmore somebody who could uh, encourage and create a vision and inspire people to attain that vision. Uh, and, and that's what leaders do. Uh, Leaders are are not in the office saying, do this paperwork, do that, do this. What they are is leaders in terms of objectives, how we make our state better, how we make our country better, how we make our societies better, how we get along better together. And I saw an inspirational figure uh, in Westmore. And I think that I was absolutely right. And uh, he was not very high up in the polls, a matter of fact, pretty low down when I endorsed him. Uh, But what happened over the following months was people saw in Westmore what I saw. People saw somebody that they could uh, have hope uh, in and and feel that he was a person of integrity and a person of of great intellect. They wouldn't say that. Smart guy that could know, know what needed to be done and knew how to get it done. And so... And now he's joined by a dear friend of mine who was uh, representing the same Senate district uh, that I did. He was in the House of Delegates, uh, who's now our Attorney General. I served with, I was for him for governor. I think he would have been a good governor. I was for him when he ran uh, for the House and served with me for six years. Uh, And he's going to be a great Attorney General. Uh, And then uh, my former Chief of Staff, Terry Lehrman's daughter, was running and and she asked me what I support her. And I'd had zero hesitation uh, right away. And I, I, I had known her since she was a child, yeah. a very young child, uh, single digits, uh, <laughs> maybe four or five. Uh, and um, maybe even earlier than that, I can't remember exactly how old she was, was uh, when I first met her as a, as a as a young child. But I'd seen her as she grew up and her two brothers and her father so committed to public service, so committed to doing the right thing, so committed to making our our country and our state and our communities better. And uh, she is a woman uh, of real fire and grit uh, and graciousness. So, uh, you know, we had a trifecta. Uh, And then Aruna Miller. I don't want to forget Aruna because uh, again, what is politics about? Politics is about bringing people together and including people. Democracy works if you listen to the people and you listen to people who have various different experiences. The genius of our senior, of our founding fathers was they knew that to be a successful society, not you didn't need a king or a dictator. You needed the voice of the people. How do you get the voice of the people? Uh, you get them together and you listen to them and uh, you have a representative body whether it's a state legislature or Congress of the United States, a county commission, representative of the community uh, that they're uh, asked to uh, serve and to govern. And uh, so we had a wonderful election in Maryland. And it was an overwhelming election. Uh, and the, frankly, the Republicans offered a very negative, uh, back-looking, uh, d- divisive uh, leader And the Maryland public uh, rejected him overwhelmingly, but more importantly, selected Wes more overwhelmingly because they knew he was the opposite. He was positive. uh, He was hopeful. He was inclusive. uh, And he had the experience of serving in combat. So he knows what uh, war is about. Uh, He's written a wonderful, empathetic book uh, about how lucky he was because how, uh, and how challenging so many people in our country have to being successful and how we needed to help them uh, be successful, not only for them, but for our country and our society and, our, our, and, and uh, uh, the, the forward uh, steps that we need to take
0: by encouraging every citizen to attain all they can be. You list some qualities from our elected leaders, and I would add uh, genuine and, and authentic to that list. I think that we have on our side really good human beings who just happen to be politicians, and that, I, I think that that's rare. Those are all very authentic, good human beings. One fun point. Part-
2: I, I think that's an excellent point. I I, I agree with you, and I, I think one of the reasons democracy works. It doesn't work all the time. We make mistakes. We're all human beings. We make mistakes. But over time, I think the people select people they think are genuine, as you point out, and have their best interests at heart. Absolutely.
0: I'm going to ask you one fun question. There are, of
2: course, uh, some significant exceptions, uh, uh, which we have to avoid uh, this coming
0: election. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give you one fun question here before we get into our rapid fire ones. Now, you have all been fun, Brandon. I appreciate that. (laughs) That's mostly the the guests we had. That's not the questions. You've been in the room with countless monumental figures. You've met the Queen of England. You've met and advised presidents. Uh, You've been around world leaders. Has there anyone that you've ever been, has there ever ever been anyone to make you feel a little starstruck when you walked into the room?
2: You know, um, the answer to that is I think yes. But, uh, you know, when I, I think about that, let me tell you what I'm starstruck with right now.
0: Okay.
2: President Zelensky. Okay. Uh, a uh, television star who confronted a country that was emerging, but was emerging in a in a difficult way. A lot of corruption. Uh, Divided, subject to Soviet or not, not Soviet, but Russian influence. Uh, and he ran for office, and the people saw in him somebody who was genuine, somebody who uh, was honest, somebody who could lead uh, Ukraine. None of them, and certainly none of us outside of Ukraine, uh, could have contemplated uh, the strength of character and courage. Uh, that he would show at a time of great crisis when the the Russian leader, Vladimir Putin, committed a war crime Mm -hmm. and commits war crimes on a daily basis and creates carnage and death and destruction uh, without any justification whatsoever. Uh, And that country has responded in a way that none of us could have predicted. Uh, and in significant part because of the courage of the Ukrainian people, mm-hmm. but also because of the courage uh, and character of their leaders. So I would, I, I would, you know, I think there have been a lot of leaders that have, you know, I've been sort of awestruck uh, by. I guess the longer you're the business, you're at this business, probably the the less awestruck you are. Uh, but certainly at the beginning, I was very awestruck uh, and, and I was awestruck by John Kennedy. I I I, I didn't meet him, uh, but I heard him at the University of Maryland and he inspired me. And that's why I got into politics. But I think Zelensky has inspired the whole world. Mm. Uh, and I think that uh, we owe him a de- debt of gratitude and we owe the Ukrainian people uh, our continued uh, unflinching, determined support to defeat uh, this criminal, uh, genocidal uh, uh, attack that Vladimir Putin and the Russians have visited upon the Ukrainian people and democracy itself.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned uh, JFK being an inspiration. Uh, for you. I, I think you can point at, at JFK for you know, maybe a generation or two being the inspiration uh, behind the, the leaders that we have in, in, on the Democratic side. And then he was probably similar for uh, you know generations in the 60s and 70s, the way President Obama was uh, inspirational for you know my generation coming up and, and the one after me. So I think those I are- I think that's probably true. Yeah. Now, Congressman, we're going we're gonna to give you a, a, some rapid fire questions here before we have to let you go. These are the fun ones, just first thing that comes to your mind. I'll ask you a question and you give me your answer. You ready for it?
2: I am I'm, I'm steeled to these tough ans- questions you're going to answer, ask me. Ravens or Commanders? Uh <laughs> <laughs> I I'm, I'm both. Uh and and you know it's it's been tough to be a Redskins fan or a Commanders fan over the last 10 years. Uh but I think things are going to get better. One of the purchasers of the Commanders is a uh, Guy named Mitch Rails. Uh, and uh, he is uh, I think going to be a real uh, inspiration, as is uh, his his partner uh, in this Harris. But the fact of the, the matter is uh, I've also been excited about the about the Ravens, uh, who have been obviously a, a, a you know a really high performing team. Um, and I think the commanders we had a, we had a better season than people expected, and I think it's going to get better. Um, but, uh, if you really ask me, uh, who I'm a big fan of, it's, uh, I'm a big Turp fan, uh, and I'm particularly a big Turp basketball fan. And I'm very excited about our new coach. I'm very excited about the season we had. And, um, and, 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 I think our football coach is good. So, uh, while I'm certainly focused on the commanders and on the Ravens and, and, uh, frankly, the reason I smiled and was sort of hesitant, uh, my stepfather was from Framingham, Massachusetts, and we spent a lot of time on Cape Cod and on Nantucket uh, when I was a young child. And so I, I became a Boston Red Sox fan, which was a big scandal when I ran for governor. It was, Baltimore's son said, not only without it out of whatever, but he's a Boston Red Sox fan. And of course, that was true. And uh, so I was I'm sort of a patriots fan as well. uh Brady, I don't share Brady's politics. Uh, but I sure shared a, a respect for his uh, his abilities. Uh, so, so it was a little more complicated answer.
0: <laughs> like the ter- the Terps basketball, and I've, I've been a fan since I was a, a young child in the in the '90s. Steve Blake was my favorite of all time. I wrote a, a letter, a handwritten letter, when I was 12 to the Wizards, asking them to draft Steve Blake and and writing all his stats and why they should draft him. They ended up taking him 38th overall that year. So, I, my dad has that that letter uh, saved. All
2: because of you, Brandon. I've been a writer since day one. Well, I'm a, I am was a big Steve Blake uh, fan. Uh, and uh, the Maryland basketball has been fantastic. My wife and I, Judy and I, went down to the 1974 game in Greensboro, North Carolina, went NC State, and Maryland went in three overtimes. Mm-hmm. And it was a time, you recall, when only one team could go to the uh, NCAA mm-hmm. uh, finals uh, and uh so Maryland didn't go. They went to the NIT, won the NIT, but they were the two best teams in the country. And and shortly thereafter, I, don't know, I, f- I forget how long it was, uh, they made a determination that multiple teams could come so that you get the best teams in the country. But clearly the two best teams in the country were Maryland and NC State. And uh, uh, that was the best basketball game perhaps I've ever seen. And unfortunately we lost that one. But I was also at the, when we beat Indiana, yeah. in 2002 for the national championship in in atlanta
0: now my, my next one for you is my new favorite question that i like to ask we asked congressman raskin last week give me your mount rushmore maryland politicians your four favorite maryland politicians of all time uh Carden, sarbanes
2: mandel i know that's a that's a that's a surprising and Schaefer. Schaefer, not because of his governorship. Schaefer, because he was the best mayor in America, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so uh, that's just off the top of my head. But you, you—that's four. But I got to add a fifth. Okay. Barbara Mikulski is probably the most irrepressible, talented, uh, from terms of communications with the people, uh, politician that I've that I've known. So. I would put that. So
0: let me do five. Um, I'll, let, I'll, I'll let you do five. I think you've earned earned an extra one there. I, McAllski. I live in Fell's Point in, in Baltimore, and she she's very revered here because she saved i eighty three was going to come down, I believe, through historic Fell's Point, and from what I understand, she she helped fight against that, and a lot of Fell's did. Point loves her for that. She was,
2: yeah, she did. And you know what? In in the infrastructure bill, mm-hmm. uh, we uh, we included provisions so we can because a number of communities didn't have Barbara Mikulski. So a number of communities got divided. Yeah, uh, And it was sort of like a river was you know, put through them so you couldn't get to either side. Uh, and it was, a, a, frankly, because those those communities didn't have the political clout that some other communities had, which Barbara Mikulski gave to Fells Point mm-hmm. political clout as a member of the city council. Um, but uh, you, 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 she did a magnificent job there, and that's why I think people remembered her. But she did a magnificent job uh, every day when she was in the House of Representatives and in, and in the United States Senate.
0: Now, my, my very last one for you, and I'll let you go. If you could have lunch or coffee with one of the first 40 presidents, who would you choose?
2: Well, I think uh, you'd have to be Lincoln. You know, you know you'd know, you like to do Roosevelt. Uh, I don't know whether he was the first. Yeah, he was the first forty in the first forty. Uh, but uh, and, and Kennedy. But you know, if you if you're choosing one, got to go Lincoln. You got to go Lincoln. Uh, I have a, a bust of Lincoln in my office. Uh, let me tell you something. Uh, I, I've I've coined a new phrase. Uh, there are a lot of Republicans who are plenos. Plenos means party of Lincoln in name only. I'm
0: gonna have to use that one in our, in, our, in some of our comms work now.
2: There is no doubt in my mind, Abraham Lincoln, if he were choosing a party today would be a Democrat, period. No doubt in my mind. Uh, you know, Jefferson would come close behind uh, Lincoln. Uh, and, and, but and and a matter of fact, if I had to choose, it would depend upon I think the mood I was in as to whether I chose Jefferson or Lincoln. But uh, the fact of the matter is, I am. Uh, I, I think Lincoln, uh, at a time of great crisis in our country, uh, great conflict in our country, uh, rose above it, uh, and uh, um, the the. Sad, sad news for our country was that Booth uh, precluded him from performing in a second term to do what he said so eloquently, uh, reflect uh, malice towards none and charity for all. He would have brought our country together and much of the late uh, 18th, 19th century uh, would have been a more positive uh, century. Uh, and the the uh, the segregation uh, that came after slavery, which was in many ways uh, a very bad experience for African Americans having been told you're free and then finding out not so much, not so much. Um, uh, so I think that uh, Lincoln. Lincoln was just a, a, a great human being uh, of great empathy uh, and a good politician. You know, when you, when you see the movie about the 13th Amendment, I mean, he was a Paul. He, he made deals. He, he wheeled and dealed. I mean, that, you know, and very frankly, I tell people when they talk about, oh, you politicians wheel and deal. I said, you know, have you been a parent? <laughs> and they say, well, yes, I've been a parent. I said, well, and you have children, that, obviously, if you're a parent. You wield and deal. You made deals with your kids, they made deals with you, and you made deals with your spouse, and this, that, and the other. You know, that's how human beings get along. We give and take. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Lincoln was prepared to do that, but he also had a great, extraordinary reservoir of principle and courage uh, to support that principle. So that was a long answer to your question. Uh, I'd ultimately have to pick Lincoln.
0: I was going to say one of the things that made him a great politician was he he put aside some political rivalries and just put the best minds, the best brilliance in his cabinet around him. There's several books. Uh,
2: not only of- like was that a great thing for him to do, but it's a great book, Team of Rivals. Yes, rivals. So I that guess was- that's what you referred to. And
0: yeah. she did a wonderful job writing that book. Absolutely, Yvette, Before we wrap up here, did, did that did that show live up to the the expectations that you, that you had? It exceeded my expectations.
1: Um, and which means that Stenny Hoyer can still surprise us all um, by just going higher and higher every single day. Thank you for being with us today. You know how much this means to me. So I'm so glad you were here with us.
0: Steny Hoyer loves Yvette Lewis. Mutual. <laughs> Mutual. Well, Congressman, thank you so much for, for joining us. That was an incredible show uh, with one of our favorite Marylanders of all time. We hope everyone enjoys it. Please tell your friends, subscribe and leave a review. More importantly, stay informed, keep working. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Brandon.